And uh, so we, uh, it, it's rather strange, uh, to say the least. Usually uh, my wife is with me on all these little outings, and, um, but I'm ruthless today. So, <laughs> but anyway, I'm not alone. I have you and you and Jesus, amen? And so we're in good standing. And uh, I, I just, I just want to say, first of all, thank you, Pastor and leadership, for having me here today. And uh, it's rather unusual times that we're, we're living in and around the world. But it makes you realize how short life is. It makes you realize how vulnerable we really are. And it makes you also understand our world is very small. And so... In order for a whole planet almost to come to its knees because of one disease is almost unthinkable. But the reality is it's happened, and uh, whether we think of it or not, or whatever ways we think in it, of it, and some think it's conspiracy, others think it's you know, the last thing that's going to happen on Earth and all these things, who knows? Uh, and who really cares if we're in Christ? Hello, because, because the good news is, if you know Jesus, it really doesn't matter what's going to take place here. Because if you read the back of the book, it talks about this earth is going to be destroyed and a whole new thing is going to happen anyway. Read the book of Revelation. It's really real, and it's true, and it works, because God is still in control. And, uh, and speaking of that, uh, just in the last little bit, and CTV News has the stats on this, uh, because they were the ones who presented it on air, that cancer, heart failure, suicide, and there's one other. Forget which one it is. Oh, COVID. All together, put together in this country in the last couple of months, death by overdose has been more than all of those other things I just mentioned put together. So the question that I have today, why are Canadians so troubled? Why are we so unhappy in this nation that we're turning to illicit drugs, turning to self-medication to try to find some kind of peace in our lives? And when Mr. Kretchen stood before the cameras of the news outlets of this country many years ago and declared that Canada is not a Christian country, we are a secular society. Well, we, we, we certainly are getting what we asked for. And so to take God out of the equation of our country, out of our schools, out of our minds, where do people have to go to find any kind of comfort or solace? only into themselves, and so that becomes the danger zone for all of us. And in a moment, you're going to hear a couple of testimonies, but first, before that, I just want to say thank you to every one of you who are part of this wonderful congregation. And like Pastor said, I was here in 2016 with, with a team of, of young ladies, and I'll share with you what we experienced that day, simply this. When my wife and I left here after we had lunch and all these things were provided for the women, and so on that were with us that day, the girls were commenting going home of how kind <clears throat> these people were to us today. 
How kind. Because many times when we have the ladies traveling with us, they're in the program, some of them are mothers, some of them have been married, and so on and so forth, but all of them have one thing in common, that they are broken, they're hurt, and they feel isolated, they don't feel uh, capable of being a part of a society as what's expected of them, they feel inferior a lot of the time. But when they came here that day among you, they were so welcomed, so esteemed, so built up that they left this place that day with a rejoicing in their hearts that I, I am a real person, I am valuable, and I am in God, and these people helped me to see it today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And on top of that, I looked it up myself, and that day you folks gave over $2,800 to Teen Challenge that day. It blew me away. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for those of you that are maybe here that, have know, that know someone that is going through an addiction, there is help. For those of you who are watching at home, there is help. For those of you watching at home, tell somebody beyond your, your strata that there is help for those who are troubled with addiction, alcohol, drugs, whatever it may be. And you can go online, just Teen Challenge Canada, just Google it, and it'll come up. And you can find all the resources there for the Men's Centre. And we, we've opened, uh, since I was last here, a Women's Centre in Saskatoon, just outside in the, in the, in the hamlet called Hague, Saskatchewan. And that thing is, is up and it's running and it cost over $5 million just to build and to do all the work out there. And the days that the first girls walked through the door, it was absolutely paid for. Amen? We're opening another new men's center up in the uh, Renfrew area and it's just about ready to, ready to launch and to, to go. We've got another new women's center that is now open and running in Newfoundland and uh, just outside of St. John's. And so God is at work, he's doing things, and we are, and some of our other centers are being renovated and enlarged. Folks, the, the, the need isn't going away, and we're working fervently trying to meet it because those lives matter. You know, we hear a lot about black lives matter, and they do. But my philosophy is simple. All lives matter because Jesus Christ gave his life for all, not for some, not for a few, not for whatever. He gave it for all of us. He wants us to love one another, and that's the greatest news that we could ever have. So I have a couple of pictures with me today, and uh, Natalie, she needs uh, some sponsors today. She's not here, and uh, you won't see her here today, but... but she is available for people that can come and help her. And uh, it's $40 a month. That may seem like a lot of money. But in essence, folks, if you go to McDonald's today and you've got two kids and, and a mom and dad, you're, you're, you're going to clean up on 40 bucks real quick for, for a hamburger. And then, then dad will go home and think, why did he eat that? Then I've got an indigestion going on. <laughs> and, then there's, and then there's Sydney, and she's a sweetheart, and, uh, as they all are. And uh, so she is sponsorable as well. And so that can be, be uh, done uh, online. I do have some brochures here today. If you'd like to sponsor before you leave here today, you can do that and fill it out. And the uh, proper instructions are all there. It's very easy to do. And I'm by myself. And so if I write anything on there, it's the next thing to, be, to having to know hieroglyphics. <clears throat> So that's the, way, that's the way it is. The lady that you're going to see 
and hear three minutes of her testimony. Usually it's seven. We've, we've tried to, to uh, uh, abbreviate some things just because of time today. But this lady who is going to come uh, on the screen, and she'll be telling her story in part, I, I have to say this. When I first heard her story and met her, you wonder, will this gal make it? Sometimes the problems and sometimes the situations of their lives run so deep, and you won't hear all of that today, but it runs so deep, you wonder, will this person make it? And not only has she made it, but she now works for us. And one of the most valuable staff that we have. And let me just say this to those of you who are in business and all the rest of it. 25% of all the staff of Teen Challenge are graduates. Graduates. People who were, I mean, messed up big time in, in addiction. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm thrilled to be here today because one of your own congregants from this area went to Teen Challenge. He graduated, and I just was informed this morning he's doing great. And I'm so, hey, Ben, if you're watching, Yahoo. <laughs> and, the, and his beautiful wife, Natasha. Natasha was a graduate, is a graduate of Teen Challenge. And she used to come and share her story lots with me and Ruth and talk about an articulate young lady. And they got married three or four years ago. They now have, have, have a child and so on. And folks, I just want to tell you that there's good news going on. There's a great Savior to know. There's a Jesus who came to seek and to save those of us who are lost. He didn't come to make bad people good. What? What? Don't I have to be good? Folks, if we could be good enough to get to heaven, there'd be no need of Jesus. Because good, and everybody wants to be good. All religion wants everybody to be good. But good is good. And we need to be good and try to be good and be good to people and good, good, good. But if it was good that God has saved, how would you know then when good was good enough? Hello? Because when I read the Bible, my goodness, the best that it's, it's recognized is nothing but filthy rags. Because my goodness can't atone for sins. My goodness can't make you alive. So Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And uh, I think it was our sound man this morning that was on that screen up there, was it? And he read my text, Ephesians <laughs> chapter 2. I'll talk about it in a few minutes, but take a look at this as Tracy's story is being unfolded. I don't know where it came from or, or why it is that I had this um, self-image, but um, I didn't think I had any worth. I didn't think I had any value. I thought I was trash, actually. I thought I was junk that should have been put to the curb and uh, just disregarded, because that's what I felt. My earliest memory of my childhood is probably um, relating to alcohol. When I was eight is when I had my first drink and that memory is what stands out to me. Life during addiction was um, out of control. 
If I could describe it, I'd have to say it was normalcy flipped upside down. Nothing made sense. My greatest desire was probably for many years to end my life, just to find a way to escape the lifestyle I was in because addiction wasn't just something that I was involved with, it was who I was. One of the lowest moments in my life was when I was 38, I had a heart attack and um, I ended up in the hospital for three weeks recovering from that episode and had gotten a stint put in and I was pretty um, weakened by the episode, but. I found myself on the bathroom floor of this hospital room, the, the unsanitary floor, snorting um, medications, snorting Percocet, and, and I had such a severe sinus infection um, that it was almost impossible to, to, to ingest this, this pill. But um, here I was on the bathroom floor on my hands and knees, snorting my medication. All I wanted was the drugs. <laughs> Didn't matter where or how I got them. When I came to Teen Challenge, I could barely walk the length of a driveway. And I remember pulling in that driveway. It was um, fall day, autumn day, and it was the first time probably in my life that I felt like I could breathe without the hindrance of the weight of the sin and the shame and the guilt that I was carrying for a lifetime. This, uh, this poster hung on my, my bedroom wall as a child and uh, you'll see what it says, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk but the thing was um, I thought God was a liar because that's what I thought I was. I thought I was junk. And when I read this, I thought, well, it's not true, because he did make junk. He made me. But because of Teen Challenge, I now have hope for my future. I now have freedom and victory over drug addiction. And now being able to read these words and believing them. I've learned, and I thank God for Teen Challenge, because through that program, I've learned that I am somebody. God created me and God doesn't make any junk. True, God does not make any junk. And uh, when I was uh, driving over here today, I was captivated by the beauty of the countryside and the farms and all the things that are there and available to us and how favorable God has been to the country of Canada and even around the world is just that we sometimes fail to recognize it and as we already heard this morning from Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 it says as for you you were dead in your trespasses and your transgressions and sins we were dead spiritually People are walking around like empty shells today because on the inside, that's how they feel. They don't feel worthy of anything, as, as Tracy shared. They don't feel that they belong many times in, the, in certain situations. And I had a young lady say to me just on, on Friday night, uh, she said to me, uh, she said, it seems like anybody that I loved has gone away from me. 
or anyone that would have loved me, they either die or something bad happens. And she herself was pretty inebriated when she was telling me this. And, and, you, and you try to bring comfort to them and let them realize how loved they really are. But sometimes they equate love out of emotion, out of feeling. But when we, we come to Jesus, we're coming to the person who gave his life for you and me. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in the very last verse, it says that he who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we might become the rightness or the righteousness of God. Because it has to be in Jesus for us to be changed, for us to be born again of the Spirit of God. And uh, one of the things that Paul points out in this, he says, because of this great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. Even when we were dead in transgressions, dead in transgressions, can I say it again? Dead in transgressions. We're all born sinners. That's how we come into this world. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Our heavenly father is not out to get us, to harm us. He's out to bring us into his presence into his fullness, and he does it and did it through Christ Jesus, our Savior. Isn't that good news? You're loved, and you cannot, you cannot escape God's love. And I'll tell you something right now. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 24, in that area someplace, it talks about man's, man being created. And God said, let us create man in our own image. Every single person who's ever come into this world, ever, who's ever come into this world, ever will come into this world, and now is in this world. Every single one of us in this room and in your home or wherever you may be watching this from, you are the creation of God. You are not your own. And so we try to satisfy ourselves, and we're trying to fix ourselves, and we're trying to, you know, all these things that we accumulate, it really doesn't satisfy the soul. It may make us happy for a while. But until you realize and understand and receive the fact you are God's, his mark is on your life. You say, well, I don't believe it. Doesn't change it. Well, I don't care. Doesn't change it. You're still, you still, you still have the mark of God on your life. You're his. And the only way you fully satisfy you is to come to know him. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Anyway, the next story I want you to see is... Um, Another young lady that, that my wife and I love dearly, and she, when she came to know the Lord, and even her getting to Teen Challenge was a miracle in itself, but she has, in like Tracy, this insatiable desire to know him, to know his presence, and, 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 the, and scriptures became to them like, like, like a fountain of water. Because it's the word of God that satisfies the thirsty soul. It's the thing that teaches you how to live life and to live it in abundance. Because many times when these people come to Teen Challenge, they don't know how to sleep properly. They don't know how to eat properly. And they don't even know what it's like to even live a normalcy of life. Because day and night mean nothing. Because when you're addicted and you're lost in the sea and in the world of addiction, these are not bad people. They're broken people. They're dead people.
people walking around in empty shells, if you will. They're dead in trespasses and sins like we all have been. And maybe you still are. I don't know. I hope not. Come to Jesus. Invite him into your life. Say, Lord, please be merciful unto me. Jesus, I need you. I confess that I'm a sinner. I know that. But, I, but with my mouth today, I believe in my heart, and I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, if you, if you will just say that, if you just believe that, and open your heart and let him in and confess that he's Lord, it says you will be, not could be, not might be, you will be saved. Listen to Chanel. in the mirror, I hated what I saw. Just all these questions ran through my head. Who are you? Where do you belong? Why can't you be better? Just lost and confused. I remember just feeling so misunderstood and hopeless. There were times where I would try to just imagine myself in the future and I couldn't. It was just black. And then I would run to, to my addiction, you know, the, the drugs, the alcohol, the guys, and try to fill this huge hole inside and, and the hole just got bigger. There was, no, there was no answers. You know, I'd go back to the mirror and I'd just hate myself more. At first, you know, I told myself I would never, I'd never use my body to get drugs. Um, but then you're high and you're so messed up and you don't even know what you're thinking anymore and it just happens, it just kind of happens. And I would say that's when I sank deeper into depression, waking up the next morning and realizing um, what I'd just done and just giving my body away like that. And um, I knew it wasn't okay, like deep down I knew it wasn't okay, but when you're high, all your morals and your values go out the window I just remember thinking so clearly, you know, this can't be my life. This can't be what I'm doing or where I'm going. And, and I hate where I am. And uh, I knew right then that I needed, I needed to take the steps to get help. So I called my dad really early in the morning. And um, I just told him, I said, Dad, I need help. Uh, he had told me about Teen Challenge. I knew right then that that I had to go and, and that's what I was gonna do. What happened to my heart in Teen Challenge um, was basically heart surgery. <laughs> I would say that it was like, as soon as I walked into the doors of Teen Challenge and the fog started to lift, um, God just invited me to put my heart on, on the table, um, the surgery table, and he just began to like do surgery on my heart. Teen Challenge was a huge part of answering all of those questions that I had deep down inside. You know, who are you and um, whose you are? You know, getting to know God as a father and, and getting to know God as my creator and the way that he created me and why he created me the way he did. Life after Teen Challenge has been like I could have never imagined it to be. Um, just the doors that God has opened for me. 
I went to a, another school of ministry and got trained up in ministry, and I'm currently an intern at a young adults church downtown Toronto. You know, everything that I'm doing now is such a huge blessing for me because I get to use my past and my struggles and the things that I've been through. Everything the enemy uh, used to try and knock me down, I get to use it uh, for God's glory and to build people up. I get to stare people in the face and tell them, yeah, you're struggling, this is where you are, but I was there too, and this is where I am now. And I get to help people with their freedom, and there's just no better feeling than that. people like you. These stories are happening every day at Teen Challenge. And even while this whole COVID thing has been on, we've had three graduations just at the Women's Center alone. And uh, watching God, watching our Lord be the Father that He really is, that sometimes we fear Him. He doesn't want us to fear Him as, as being scared. He wants us to honor Him as being our Father because He honors us because he gave his son to bring you and me to the point of salvation and then to release that all over us when we said, Jesus, be my savior. Because of you, people's lives are being changed. And yes, it's $40 a month to sponsor a student and or a one-time gift of any kind is, is, is certainly, uh, well, it's just desperately needed. Let me put it to you this way during these times. But God has been providing for us. And these women and men that are graduating and things that are happening in their lives is absolutely amazing because that's the Savior we serve. And I want you to know by hearing these things today and knowing those two women are just thriving in God with many others around the country, God is at work. He's still doing what he does best, and that's to love people like you and me. Thank you for allowing me to be here today. Pastor. Pastor. 